Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes. On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Michael Moffert, a.k.a. Sonar Pilot. He's got a very intriguing song and video out called Pandora. It's part of a much larger Mirage project. We're going to talk about that and those inspirations and so much more. So welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. And it's great to be here on the Rising Star podcast. Well, what's so great about your music is it really does take you on a trip. And I wonder, is that why uh, you named yourself Sonar Pilot? Because it seems like you're the pilot taking us on this tr musical trip and very, uh, very trippy of the mind. <laughs> yeah, Kelly, that's spot on. Actually, um, you know, I created this uh, this persona, Sonar Pilot. Um, it's now more ten, more more than ten years ago, and and when I was just trying uh, when i was looking for a name i was looking for some something that you know would would take people on 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 a on a voyage on a journey um because i was always interested in in music that is probably more headphone music uh music that you you'd enjoy on a, a walk uh, along a beach or on a long train ride or when when you when you're on a flight and uh, you can get kind of lost in it. And so this Sonar Pilot persona was really the, the the guide that takes you there. I see. So how did you first get started in music? Oh, that's uh, um, a while back, actually. Uh, I, I got started when I was a teenager, and uh, that was back in the late 70s. I'm an old dude. I've been in this industry. <laughs> I've been in this industry for a long time. Um, I well, for, for my my love for for music goes really back to my early teenage years. I, I fell in really in love with music. Other people were good at you know sports or other things, but I just loved music. And back then, um, you know, I grew up in Switzerland, and and Switzerland back in the nineteen late nineteen seventies. I know that's perhaps I know like Pennsylvania. Um, nothing against Pennsylvania in the late 1970s, but this I don't know if there was a big you know music scene there. There wasn't anything really in Switzerland, um, and it was really difficult to find good music. And um, it's it's it was it's the complete opposite of, of what we have today. Today we are inundated by, by music and you have to fight your way through that huge pile of music to find things that you really love. Back then you had to fight your way through just, you know, to, to get to the music. And so I, I ended up working in, in, a, in a record sh shop first and uh, we, we imported uh, records from, from London and twice a week you know these boxes came from london and it was like you know just we didn't really know what would be in the latest delivery and it was late 70s and so it was a punk explosion and there were all these great new acts and every week there was something exciting and 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 i was in all you know all these these kids that just made this wonderful, exciting music, and I was sitting in my provincial town there in Switzerland. And and then um, one day, uh, a friend of mine asked me, "Well, I want to 
learned the guitar. Do you want to tag along? And I said, well, why not? He gave up after four, less, four lessons, but I, I just, I, I was hooked. And I started to, to, to make music um, just, you know, whenever I had time and I bought a, you know, small four track cassette recorder and uh, mono synth and, and uh, well, one of these bass machines, a TR3 or three and all this gear that, that the kids today um, think that that's really wonderful vintage gear right then it was just you know so we had and the state um, of the art back then yeah well it was it was well, it was crap then it was it's crap today but you know somehow it, <laughs> it it's just amazing you know there's people still today who you know um, create quote-unquote futuristic music and they use gear that's you know 40 years old i mean it's just yeah. as 40 years old Anyhow, so, um, you know, I, I, I started to make music myself and then one thing led to another. And, and then I, I, at, at one stage, I decided with a friend of mine to, to open up a, a recording studio. And at that, at that time, you know, a recording studio was an expensive thing. You had to have a big desk, you had to have, to have tape machines, a lot of hardware. And so we, uh, yeah, we just uh, dove in and had you know debt left and right and had to work uh can i say that on, on a podcast here our ass is off or do you bleep that um we're, anyhow. we're, we're very strict uh here uh no you can say whatever you want <laughs> okay um and um yeah so we whenever we we we, we you know then then this this whole New wave explosion also swapped over to 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 Switzerland, even to Switzerland, you know, believe it or not. And there were bands, and they want, wanted to to get into the studio, and we produced bands. And and then when when we had downtime, we we worked on our own stuff and and um, made um, made records, and and it was it was hectic and crazy and fun and. Uh, and and then in the early 90s i started a software company in parallel with you know in addition to 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 the to the um, recording studio and fairly quickly that took off because there was the early days of the internet and it was an internet software company and and and, and then i was faced with the typical dilemma i guess that a lot of people at the young age are faced with do i just choose the job or do i choose the music or what do I do? And then I made a deal with myself and said, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to build this, this software company, but I'm not going to do that forever. And um, when I can, I, I quit that and um, I go back and uh, come back and, and, and make music full time. And uh, most people, you know, who to do such a deal with, with the devil, more or less, um, never come back. And uh, but I did. I um, we were successful with that with, with the company. And then um, in the late noughties, in you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I could uh, exit um, that business and and go back into into the music industry. And and ever since then, I have been making music. And that was also the, the moment when I created Sonar Pilot. My alter ego i decided okay now i want to 
I want to have something that I can work with um, as a as a musical moniker. Well, it's quite the background. I, I'm curious. In the '80s, uh, with your recording studio, did Double ever rent it out? Um, it was just, you know, the back back in the day, the recording studio was was just a. A magical place, you know. There was no, no. I mean, today people, you know, produce records in there. I mean, Billie Eilish produced this wonderful record in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the home bedroom, you know. And, and it, at that time, I remember when I came back and and bought the first, you know, software package. Um, it was Logic by Apple, and 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 I thought a new. It cost like you know six hundred bucks or something, and I thought, well, okay, that's that's a, that's a nice starter kit, but that must be toys, because you know back in the day, you know if you had a serious desk that was eighty grand or something, the the first digital reverb that we bought was ten grand. Today, a reverb, a good reverb, you know, it's you know, that, I don't know, a hundred bucks if at all perhaps a little more and you can get them for free. Um, and so it was, it was just another, it was another time. And for me, the studio was always just a magical place. You go there and you work on your stuff and you immerse yourself in, in the music. And it is just, I, I always loved it. And still today, you know, when the, the moment when I just sit down and start to work on my stuff, it's just, I, I love that. It's uh, very good. Well, d did you get my double reference? Ah, uh, not really. My English is per perhaps a bit poor for for for, <laughs> for, for the. Well, that, I was trying. I was trying to pick a Swiss band, so the first one that came to ah, mind was okay. double okay. Captain of Her Heart fame and all yeah, that. Yeah, Captain of. What you good man? You good. <laughs> well, I, you know, I thought he, he can't mean that. I mean, I totally underestimated you. Kudos. I mean, yeah, Captain of <laughs> well, Was that exciting in the 80s when a Swiss band really broke through internationally? Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, it's it was a, such a small scene. You know, everybody knew everybody. And um, he was a good guy. Um, and yeah. And uh, it was this, this smooth, it, it was this smooth number. It was a, yeah, it was, um, it was good. I, I guess I still hear, hear it these days from time to time, rarely, but. Well, here's, here's what I'm curious about. First of all, I, I think we're probably close to the same age. So do not consider yourself old. You're just, <laughs> you're just starting your second act it's it's a good age to be but um one thing i think that's great about starting out you know late 70s getting into music you've been able to see the evolution of synthesizers yeah definitely um and i've always been fascinated by these machines you know one of so, some of the early some of the the, the stuff that i really loved in, in the, the, the late 70s of course all the the new wave stuff was was cool. There there were bands that that used a lot of the the, the synths in a in an edgy way. But I was also into the you know the the more traditional synth stuff like Tangerine Dream and these these uh, you know classical nineteen seventies synth acts. 
Um, so it was always something that 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 was dear and dear to my heart. And and at that time, you know, my first synth was a monophonic uh, Korg MS20, a used one. Um, and I still have that to this very day. Uh, it still works. It's uh... now. Did you? You must have uh, used the the MIDI controller, mm -hmm. which that was always one thing that always stumped me because you needed some some kind of computer software with it. Was it just a lot more cumbersome back then to, oh, yeah. to integrate the MIDI? I mean, if you think back to the it's just an analogy, I mean, back in the day with the early, you know, desktop computers, if you wanted to in install a printer driver, I mean, that was a, you know, half a day exercise with half a heart, a heart attack and, 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 you know, a liter of coffee. Um, <laughs> and, and to, today you just click a, a you know, a, a a menu box on on your screen and and there you go and it, it's it's about it's about the same you know everything was cumbersome and i midi was yeah it was then it was out of sync it was and then i had the, what, the sequential sequence uh, prophet five which was a great synth, but it got out detuned itself all the time so you had to retune the thing and just uh, it, and then you had all the, the restrictions when it came to data. You know, there was a machine that was actually called Mirage, and um, it, it it worked with floppy disks. You know, and and you just you just had to to load these floppies and to to put sounds on the floppies and reload them, and it would take a long time. And you could on, only do samples with eight. I guess it was eight or six. It was eight kilobytes. And then I had an Arkai S1000. I mean, we, we don't want to talk too much about hardware here. People are probably bored by by hardware, but um, it was just it was really different. Yeah, you know, back then it was really just you know you had it was like having a nail, uh, having having a hammer and a, a saw, and really you, you could down and dirty with your stuff and today everything is very elegant and smooth and easy and you download stuff and you don't think twice if a sample is you know 100 megabit uh you know in size it's just yeah that's normal well what does that feel like now that you have you know all these modern conveniences you know you start you know the mirage project you know, you're integrating, you know, synth sounds and computer animation. What does that do with your creativity now to not be so, you know, weighed down with all that clunky technology? Uh, that's an excellent question because, you know, it, it cuts both ways. You know, if you only have, you know, a very limited amount of, of just means of expression, then you just make that work you know you just you just explore every angle every possibility every knob every setting of a synth you know it's just you know if you, you know that thing inside out and these days you know some of these soft synths come with you know 16,000 pre-recorded samples and and uh, no one really you know takes too much time to to work with the details of course now we have to trend back to hardware 
uh, module synth and there are people who do lovely stuff with, with these kind of, of um, with this kind of gear. Um, but sometimes today the, the danger is that you almost drown in in two uh, in, in just in, in, in this wealth of of options. You know, sometimes I catch myself, I you know after two uh, I. You know, I fiddle around for two hours with a hi-hat sound. I mean, no one will ever give a damn about that hi-hat sound, but I do. And I can't decide, ah, oh, is, is this one still a bit better? Oh, no, this one is perhaps a bit. As it's just, and then I just have to say, okay, who cares? Let's move on. Let's take, let's, let's take a step back, big picture. And this is, this is okay. We, that sticks out later, we just, you know, Get it done later. Um, well, your your current uh, Pandora, you know, part of the bigger Mirage project. Mm -hmm. When I saw the video, you know what it reminded me of. Do you remember in the early '90s, there was this video series called The Mind's Eye? Do you remember that? I don't think and, that ever. Uh, uh, it was you know, kind I've... of to show off computer animation which was still pretty primitive uh -huh. but they really integrated it with some really good music i think for the third one uh is called um gate to the mind's eye i think thomas dolby provided oh, okay. music and i don't know if you haven't seen it you know it's kind of a cool throwback but it's almost like it's come full circle now and even though the technology's better people like that primitive computer animation from 30 years ago yeah yeah i mean there, there's a lot of retro um stuff going on in this in, in, in you know the people just are looking for things that they are they are comfortable with uh, like just you know the small wonder that we have a lot of music and and things that are, are just you know uh, retro um here well, how did now, you come up how did you come up with this animation did you yeah. compose the music then say here make visuals for this <laughs> okay um you know this this goes bit back to 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 the last um like you know 10 years of 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 what the whole music industry went through and what what I experienced with Sonar Pilot, you know, back in in 2010, I released a, a double album, my first as Sonar Pilot. It was called Mothership, and then back then we we still did CDs. We didn't do vinyl, but uh, we did CDs, and I saw the few CDs, and and we 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 did downloads, of course. And the thing, you know, we we got downloads, we got paid for those downloads, and then of course the whole industry shifted more and more towards. Uh, the streaming model and the streaming model is basically, you know, that's just a, uh, Steve Jobs really succeeded in just well, it's convincing people that yeah, thou shalt pay for my hardware, but the music is basically free. You know, it's just um, today mm -hmm. we pe people pay a lot of money for for you know, very often for Apple hardware, for the for laptops, for 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 the iPhones and so forth, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of dollars. But um, then they listen to music for free and the music is ubiquitous. And it's and today we have such a, an enormous, enormous output of music. But, you know, it's 
I guess uh, 2% of all artists make up for about 95% of the streams on, on Spotify. So um, the rest, you know, the, the, um, the 98% of artists have to fight for, for, the, for the 5%. Um, of of streaming revenue there, and so it's 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 a doggy dog, and it's a brutal um, environment these days. And and to to really um, get any type of recognition or be able to build a fan base and keep a fan base, you have to to have very distinct niche and and live in this niche and work in this niche. And for me, you know, because I I was always interested in in music that as we discussed earlier, that takes you places that, 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 you know, sparks your imagination. Um, I started to, 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 uh, create, uh, videos first in a more traditional way. Um, you know, just, you know, I had a track and then I thought, okay, let me see if I can come up with a video that, that works with, with it. And then I thought, well, it's, it's, uh, I, I want to I do something which is, is more unique. And I have this friend and he's, he's, um, he's, he's a big fan of, you know, computer animations and has been in the computer animation world for, for many years. And what we have here are of what's called fractals. So these are these are uh, animations that are based on a on rather simple formulas, and you feed those formulas into a computer, and the computer s- starts to spit out animations, and you never know what you really get. So it's an exploration also for 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 us. You know, we we feed a form, feed the, the form into the machine, and and then there's this weird stuff coming out. Now, most of the time, it's stuff that you think, whoa, whoa what's that? I, I I can't even figure out what I'm looking at. And and then you start to sort that, sort through these these things. And and my job then is to to group things and look for you know clusters and 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 find things that i believe could work together and and create actually a world so pandora um you know all these 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 um sequences that you see there um is all uh computer generated but it's not that i i uh, right, I, I model that from scratch, you know, and in, in most, if, if you look at uh, normal, you know, Hollywood production and you have science fiction um, environments, CGI generated uh, environments, and there's, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of, of CGI artists who, who, you know, define each, each detail of a model. We really um, have the machine almost like talk to us and, and you know give us these these images and i i really love that um so um at the beginning you know um of the mirage project uh, we started to to work with those fractals and and i thought okay what what i want to do is really i want to write music that is just supporting the the, the visuals in an optimal way and, and vice versa. So what I do is basically I, I have a bunch of raw animations that I think are interesting. I start to group them in a way and then I start to write the 
base, a few basic, you know, ideas for a track. And then I go back to the to the visuals. I go back to the music back and forth. And it's it's a very, very lengthy process because just just a rendering for Pandora, you know, something like that takes that takes hundreds and hundreds of hours. Um, actually, the, the whole season two of the Mirage pro project took over 30,000 hours of rendering time. And, wow, um, that, that's uh, that's like modern. That's not like in the early 90s. This is no, like that's, this is today. This, it's 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 really it's mind boggling. You know, we have we have these rendering farms with, with, with we have old laptops with, you know, broken, you know, um, screens, we, we we need raw computing power, and and we have just you know dozens of of these laptops or a dozen of these laptops, and they they just they mm. just you know crunch their numbers and spit out these sequences, and and it it's it's a lengthy process, and then you know to to edit the whole thing to make sure that the music works really in an optimal way with with the visual, it takes me. A, about two months, quite honestly. Mm. It's it's really it's a it's a it's a mad amount of work for for you know that's a lot eight, of work. Eight, eight minutes of of um, of music, but I think it's in the end. If 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 you watch the the, the Mirage uh, project and and these 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 movies, then um, they're fairly unique. I. I wouldn't know anyone else in the industry who's who's doing this kind of stuff and that's no, it's, ultimately it's, it really stands out i think you're right no, no one else is really doing it quite like you are well tell me this about how you want the audience to enjoy this because i watch it on youtube i'm enjoying it but it seems like this would be even better in a virtual reality setting like if you've got the the goggles on and the headphones, you know, what do you think would be the best way for people to experience this? Yeah, I mean, here it's really the bigger the better. <laughs> I mean, if you watch it on a large screen with good uh, with good headphones, that's already pretty 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 nice. I mean, let's face it, reality is that you know, I don't know. 75 80 percent of the music that people are consuming today are they, they listen to, to music on on the, on the crappy headphone a set of uh, headphone um, headphones on their on their um, telephone so that's just the reality and then the, the, maybe they they talk to to their friend and then have just you know um one one earpiece in one ear and and uh, then they glance onto their screen from time to time so i have to live with the reality that you know i i start there and then of course uh, the continuum goes all the way to people who really enjoy this kind of stuff and really have good gear a nice screen and uh, good headphones and kick back and relax and dive into this thing. I mean, the Mirage project, the, the first season is um, six um, episodes and that's been more than one hour. And the second um, season now will consist of eight Mirages. Um, Pandora is the first one, and it's it's going to be another hour. So it's it's now it's going to be a two-hour 
pretty breathtaking trip. Um, I mean, if you just want to just take your mind off other things and dive into a world that is just really unique and is, is um, yeah, taking your mind off your daily, you know, worries, um, that's, that's um, you know, that's what we're for. So with the Mirage Project, basically, it sounds like your goal is to alter our states of consciousness. That's an excellent question, you know. That's a very good question, you know. I mean, you know, look, I am very fascinated by the fact that, you know, the cosmos has created something as complex as our brains and we have developed something like you know that we call consciousness and so this cosmos is watching itself through our consciousness and you know there's this weird we're sitting in this weird place you know beneath us below us is this subatomic world that is so so strange that we we have no idea you know uh, we can there's there's all these mathematical formulas perhaps that the, that the you know that they understand um, at CERN or um, but for for normal human beings it's, it's really almost impossible to to have the uh, you know a, a concept what's going on in this subatomic world um, and then um, above us we have these these enormous dimensions. Um, you know, in our galaxy, we have a hundred billion stars, and then there's a hundred billion galaxies out there, and and then we sit here in the middle, and our our little brains try to figure out what's going on. Or we might just stand at the bus stop and be pissed because the bus is five minutes late. You know, <laughs> um, so and I I try to to get people to you know be amazed about things and you know i think art for me for me personally if i go to an exhibition and i come out of the ex exhibition and I, I look at the world in a slightly different way it refreshes my view it gives me more uh, fresh insights that's stuff that i love and i hope to a certain extent you know to 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 have a bit of of that effect because the world is so amazing and so strange and so and people are we all have this concept about the world and we, we're pretty sure that we have it all figured out and how it works and but if you think about what you know what's really going going on here this is really pretty wild and so i think you know to to have this this sense of wonderment or amazement uh, from time to time I, I think that that is something really refreshing and i hope that i can can you know um pe take people on a journey sometimes to to give them a little bit of of of, of that well before we wrap up here i want to make sure everyone knows where to find you and your music online so where is the best place for people to go the best place to start is on our website which is www.themirageproject.com so the mirage project in one word dot com 
And there you find uh, season one, season two, you find all the soundtracks, you find all the movies, and uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter so that you get uh, all the news. There's links to um, additional uh, media, to the YouTube channels, to our social um, media channels. Um, I'd love to see you all there. You know, the, the metaphysical quality of your work reminds me of, of another Swiss creator, H.R. Uh, Giger. <laughs> yeah, sure. Do, do you think that the two of you sort of had a, a similar mindset or, or do you think that that's just like a, a basic Swiss quality to have this sort of mind-bending, metaphysical, artistic bent? Yeah, um, I mean, I respect Giger a lot. I mean, for for those um, here who don't know Giger, he, he's the guy who who created most of the you know the, the artwork for 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 the Alien um, universe, basically. You know, the Alien the, the, with the, the monster and everything that he he, he designed um, these worlds. Um, it's not really my cup of tea. My cup of tea is, is perhaps more, if we talk about Swiss art, it's more the poetic, it's more poetic people like perhaps Paul Clay. Um, and then there's, of course, the big, um, you know, Hoffman who um, discovered LSD by coincidence. And uh, I'm not a proponent, I'm not advertising LSD or any mind altering drugs here, but. Um, it is certainly something which is, um, you know, these days there's a, this whole renaissance of of um, uh, psychedelics, and um, there's this whole debate if if there isn't, um, you know, uh, an aspect of these compounds which which might be beneficial to to um, to us humans in certain instances, and you know, my my work. Perhaps to a certain extent, it's just you know a tiny drop of of uh, psychoacoustic um, and uh, visuals that um, are just you know refreshing your mind in that in 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 a little bit uh, in in that direction. Well, with your work, you can take an acid trip without actually having to take any drugs. There you go. <laughs> Does that pretty much sum it up? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm, how should I say, um, if I was more courageous, I'd be really intrigued by just exploring my mind with, with those kind of, of compounds, but I'm not. Um, I'm just, you know, I love, I love my mind. I, you know, before we got on this call, I did an hour of yoga, I did my meditation, and later on I have a glass of red wine. That's fine for me. Um, if I'd be more courageous, I'd probably dig deeper into my mind. Although I must say, you know, meditation is a great tool. It's lovely. It's just lovely, lovely, lovely. And uh, it's perfect for me. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, I'm just, um, scratching at the surface of, you know, what could be underneath, um, our everyday reality with, with what I do here. And I hope that, um, that there are people out there who, um, 
are interested in in these kind of experiences and as as you just said you know want to take a trip perhaps without the drugs well this is michael moppert and his musical alter ego sonar pilot he's got the current single pandora part of the mirage project and hey i really appreciate you sharing this you sound like a true artist in every sense of the word and I, I think we just have to really keep an eye on you see what else is going to happen from the mirage project and but 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 hopefully your rendering times will go down as technology <laughs> increases well kelly it was such a pleasure thank you very much for having me on the show it went by like nothing and uh well maybe we speak again when uh we release another one of our mirages this has been the Rising Star Podcast with your host, Kelly Hughes.